Welcome to an episode of Voice of Church Past. I am your host, Rob Barnhart. Today we'll be reading from the letter of Clement of Rome. Chapter 19 Thus the humility and godly submission of so great and lustrous men have rendered not only us, but also all the generations before us better, even as many as have received his oracle and fear and truth. Wherefore, having so many great and glorious examples set before us, let us turn again to the practice of that patience, which from the beginning was the mark set before us, and let us look steadfastly to the Father and Creator of the universe, and cleave to his mighty and surpassingly great gifts and benefactions of peace. Let us contemplate him with our understanding and look with the eyes of our soul to his long-suffering will. Let us reflect how free from the wrath he is towards all his creation. The heavens, revolving under his government, are subject to him in peace. Day and night run the course appointed by him, in no wise hindering each other. The sun and the moon, with the companies of stars, roll on in harmony according to his command, within their prescribed limits, without any deviation. The fruitful earth, according to his will, brings forth food in abundance at the proper seasons for man and beast and all living beings upon it, never hesitating nor changing any of the ordinances in which he fixed the unsearchable places of abysses and the indescribable arrangements of the lower world are restrained by the same laws. The vast, unmeasurable sea gathered together by his working into various spaces never passes beyond the bounds placed around it but does as he commanded. For he said, Thus far shall you come, and your waves shall be broken within you. Job 38.11 The ocean, impassable to man, the worlds beyond it, are regulated with the same enactments of the Lord. Seasons of spring, summer, autumn, and winter peacefully give place to one another. The winds in their several quarters fulfill at the proper time their service without hindrance. The overflowing fountains for both for enjoyment and health, furnish without fail their breast uh, for the life of men. The very smallest of living beings meet together in peace and concord. All these great, the Creator and the Lord has, of all, has appointed to exist in peace and harmony, while He does good to all, most abundantly to us who have been f- fled for refuge to His compassion through Jesus Christ our Lord. To whom be glory and majesty forever and ever. Amen. Take heed, beloved, lest his many kindnesses lead to the condemnation of us all. For thus it must be, unless we walk worthy of him, with one mind to do those things which are good and well-pleasing in sight. For the scripture says, in a certain place, the Spirit of the Lord is a candle searching for the secret parts of the belly. Proverbs 20. 27. Let us reflect how near he is, and that none of the thoughts or reasonings in which we engage are hid from him. It is right, therefore, that we should not leave the post which his will has assigned to us. Let us rather offend those men who are foolish, inconsiderate, and lifted up, and who glory in the pride of their speech, and offend God. Let us reverence the Lord Jesus Christ, whose blood was given for us, Let us esteem those who have ruled over us. Let us honor the aged among us. Let us train up the young men in the fear of God. Let us direct our wives to that which is good. 
Let them exhibit the lovely habit of purity in all their conduct. Let them show forth the sincere disposition of meekness. Let them make manifest the command which they have by their tongue, by their manner of speaking. Let them display their love, not by preferring one to another, but by showing equal affection to all that piously fear God. Let your children be partakers of the true Christian training. Let them learn how great a veil humility is with God, how much the spirit of pure affection can prevail with Him, how excellent and great His fear is, and how it saves all those who walk in it with a pure mind. For He is a searcher of thoughts and desires of the heart. He breathes in us, and when He pleases, He will take it away. Now the faith which it is in Christ confirms all of these admissions. For he himself, by the Holy Ghost, thus addresses us, Come, you children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves to see good days? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cried, and the Lord heard him, and delivered him out of his troubles. Many are the stripes appointed for the wicked, but mercy shall compass those who hope in the Lord. The all-merciful, beneficial Father has bowels of compassion towards those that fear him, and kindly and lovingly bestows his favors upon those who come to him with a simple mind. Therefore, not, let us not be double-minded, neither let our soul be lifted up on account of his exceedingly great and glorious gifts. Far from us be that which is written, Wretched are they who are of double mind and of doubting heart. We say these things we have heard even in the times of our fathers. But behold, we have grown old, and none of this them has happened unto us. You foolish ones, compare yourselves to a tree. Take, for instance, the vine. First of all, it sheds its leaves, then it buds, then it puts forth leaves, and then it flowers. After that comes the sour grape, and then flows the ripened fruit. You perceive how in little time the fruit of the tree comes to maturity. Of a truth, soon and suddenly shall his will be accomplished. So scripture also bears witness, saying, Speedily will he come, and will not tarry. The Lord shall suddenly come to his temple, even the Holy One for whom you look. Let us consider, beloved, how the Lord continually proves to us that there shall be a future restoration of which he has rendered the Lord Jesus Christ the first fruits by raising him from the dead. Let us contemplate, beloved, the resurrection which at all times is taking place. Day and night declare to us a resurrection. The night seeks to sleep and the day arises. The day again departs and the night comes on. Let us behold the fruits of the earth. How the sowing of the grain takes place. The sower, Luke 8, 5, goes forth and cast it onto the ground, the seed being thus scattered. Though dry and naked, it fell upon the earth and is gradually dissolved. Then out of its dissolution, the mighty power of the providence of the Lord raises it up again. For one seed may arise and bring forth fruit. Let us consider that Wonderful sign of the resurrection which takes place in eastern lands, that is, in Arabia, countries round about. There is a certain bird which is called a phoenix. This is the only one of its kind. It lives 500 years, and when the time of its dissolution draws near, 
then it must die. It builds itself a nest of frankincense and myrrh and other spices, into which, when the time is fulfilled, it enters and dies. But as the flesh decays, a certain kind of worm is produced, which, being nourished by the juices of the dead bird, bring forth feathers. Then when it acquires strength, it takes up that nest, which the bones, which are the bones of its parent, and bearing these it passes from the land of Arabia into Egypt to the city called Heriopolis, and in the open day, flying in the sight of all men, it places them on the altar of the sun, and having done this, hastens back to his former abode. The priest then inspect the registers of the dates and find that it has returned exactly as the 500th year was completed. Do we then deem it any great wonderful thing for the maker of all things to raise up again those who have piously served him in the assurance of a good faith, when even by a bird he shows us mightiness of his power to fulfill his promise? For the scripture says in a certain place, You shall rise me up, and I shall confess unto you. And again I laid me down and slept. I awoke because you are with me. And again, Job says, you shall raise up this flesh of mine, which has suffered all these things. Having this, then this hope, let our souls be bound to him who is faithful in his promises and just in his judgments, who has commanded us not to lie, shall much more of himself not lie, for nothing is impossible with God except to lie. Let his faith, therefore, be stirred up again within us. Let us consider that all things are near unto him. By the word of his might he established all things, and by his word he can overthrow them. Who shall say unto him, What have you done? Who shall resist the power of his strength? When And as he pleases, he will do all things, and none of the things determined by him shall pass away. All things are open before him. Nothing could be hidden from his counsel. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the ferment shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. And there are no words or speeches of which the voices are not heard. Since then all things are seen and heard by God. Let us fear him. Forsake the wicked works which proceed from evil desires so that through his mercy we may be protected from judgments to come. For where can any of us flee from his mighty hand? Or what world will receive any of those who run away from him? The scripture says in a certain place, Where I shall go, where shall I be hid from your presence? If I send into heaven, you are there. I go away even to the othermost of the earth, there is your right hand. If I make my bed in the abyss, there is your spirit. Where then shall anyone go, or where shall he escape from him who comprehends all things? Let us then draw near to him with the holiness of spirit, lifting up pure and undefiled hands unto him, loving our gracious and merciful Father who has made us partakers in the blessings of his elect. For thus is written, When the Most High divided the nations, when he scattered the sons of Abraham, I'm sorry, Adam. He fixed the bounds of the nations according to the number of angels of God. His people Jacob became the portion of the Lord 
and Israel the lot of his inheritance. In another place, Scripture says, Behold, the Lord takes unto himself a nation out of the midst of nations, as a man takes the first fruits of his threshing floor, and from that nation shall come forth the most holy. Let us therefore, that we are the portion of the Holy One, let us do all those things which pertain to holiness, avoiding all evil speaking, all abominable and impure embraces, together with all drunkenness, seeking after change, all abominable lust, detestable adultery, execrable pride. For God says the scriptures, resist the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let us cleave then to those whom grace has been given by God. Let us clothe ourselves with concord and humility, ever existing self-control, standing far off from all whispering and evil speaking, being justified by our works, not our words. For the scripture says, He that speaketh much shall also hear much in answer. And does he that is ready in speech deem himself righteous? Blessed is he that is born of woman, who lives but a short time. Be not given to much speaking. Let our praise be in God, and not ourselves. For God hates those that commend themselves. Let testimony to our good deeds be borne by others, as it was in the case of our righteous forefathers. Boldness and arrogance and audacity belong to those that are accursed of God, but moderation, humility, and meekness to such as are blessed by Him. This has been Clement of Rome. This has been the Voices of Church Past. I am your host, Rob Hart. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. Keep you steadfast in the one true faith given to all of the saints.